So I have used Hawksoft for just about 15 years. And I started with them because I was a very small agency just by myself, probably had a part-time person at the time and needed an affordable agency management system that allowed me to drop and drag emails. That was the biggest reason is I was an email user. I'm a document, document, document person, afraid of E&O. And as a result, I didn't want one of those programs that I had to go browse for an email and drag it up or find it and click it. That's why I chose Hawksoft was the drop and drag feature. From there, why I stayed would be because I can actually reach a human being 97, 98% of the time that I need a human being to help me with a question or a problem. When I'm in the middle of a problem, I kind of need to fix it right now. And so submitting a ticket that says, call me back, I close at 4.30. When they call you at 4.38 and say, sorry, we missed you, I'll call us tomorrow and submit a new ticket, doesn't work for me. I need to be able to solve my problem now as quickly as I can so I can move on. And for 15 years, that's what Hawksoft has provided me with is a live person who can answer my questions on the first call the vast majority of the time. So I'm Dawn Janes Bartley. I own Minnesota Insurance Group and Aspen Insurance Group. And my why is because I can reach a live person every day of the week. Hey guys, it's Bradley. I want to tell you about Ascend. Ascend is not just another premium finance company. Ascend will solve all of your agency bill problems through automation of invoicing, premium financing, carrier payables, all the way to the end of the workflow. There's a lot of hidden costs with how you're doing business today. AMSs, CRMs can spend more than half the day chasing down payments, following up on non-pays, getting signatures for financing docs. This leads to an overworked, overwhelmed, unhappy team. And guys, you want your team to be happy. Industry's hard enough as it is. We really need them to be happy. As your agency grows, this issue gets worse and worse. And we typically solve the problem with a little bit of software, but a ton of manpower still involved. With Ascend, you can use a software first solution and just need a little bit of manpower, allowing you to grow without significant increase in overhead. Ascend automates all of these repetitive payment processes so your team can get back to helping your clients. With Ascend, we've seen non-payment cancellations in our agency go down up to 95%. Teams save more than 20 hours per month when they work with Ascend and an average of a 75% decrease in payment-related customer questions. Guys, if people aren't calling your office with questions, you have more time to sell and grow your agency. Visit useascend.com backslash insurance, guys. Guys, Ascend makes agency bill as easy as direct bill, but you keep all of the benefits of agency bill the best of both worlds. Thanks, guys. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Hawksaw. Scott, love Hawksaw. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome. He is a six foot three sophomore from Mobile, Alabama. Parade first team All-American rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable 
Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? Best I've ever been, Bradley. We want to once and for all figure out what an honest guy Scott Howell is. Sure. Let me tell you how honest yeah. Scott Howell is. Let's go. Just found this in your parking lot. Uh, whose wallet is that? Have no idea. But I'm not on Google right now. There's a Capital One card right there, a bank debit card, a driver's license. Hopefully there's no uh, fentanyl in here. You want to say his name in case he was murdered and his wallet's just laying in the parking uh, lot? It's a female. Okay. Well, um, I'll, uh, I'll TJ Maxx card I'll in turn there. that into the uh, front desk up there. Yep. <clears throat> That's very nice. You took the cash out first, right? I didn't see any cash. I'm joking. I didn't even look. I just picked it up, put it in my For those of you listening, it was a wallet that he found in the parking I put, lot. I picked it up, put it in my back pocket, walked it in here, and we started the podcast. There so you go. That's how, that's how that let went. Me, let me go ahead and get Shelby to take it to the lobby that way in case they're looking for it. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, I walked, out, I walked outside to get something out of my car, and when I turned around to come in, I started walking towards the door, and I, I just happened to be looking down at the ground, and all of a sudden, boom, there's a wallet full of credit cards and i guess driver's license uh laying on the ground and i just reached down picked it up put it in my back pocket and kept walking till i got in here and started the podcast and as i was introducing bradley and i i uh i remembered i had it in my back pocket i just took it out and threw it over there to him and he just walked out of the room to go give it to his uh assistant to i guess putting your lost and found if i had to guess i don't know uh, i'm gonna give it to the the people in the property management the main lobby area yeah. i'll tell you we, we haven't talked about that oh crap moment that you and i had in orlando so no. i scott was in orlando for four days oh, and i was there for three hours so i flew in we did our thing and we flew back right when well, i picked you up at the airport scott picked me up at the airport in a rental car so i in order for us to do our podcast i needed some double a batteries so i door dashed to double a batteries and I told Scott, I was like, hey, I got to go downstairs to meet the DoorDash. And he threw me his rental car keys, friend. And he said, hey, will you get my bag out of the car? Right. Keep in mind, two hours later, I'm going to the airport. You guys see where this is going. I'm going to the airport to go back home. And it's time for me to go back home. And Scott's walking me down. And I happened to stick my hand in my pocket. As we were saying goodbye. And I pulled out Scott's rental car keys. And we both looked at each other like, Oh, it was like one of those dun 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 dun. It was like oh, that was almost so close to being so a catastrophe because he was literally getting in the rental car, when and I was not out. landing until eleven p.m. <laughs> and I was getting up at four a.m. the next day to go to Nebraska. Right. So I don't know when you'd have even had time to. That's the thing. I, I think probably the two scenarios would have been I, I could have found somewhere at the airport to the actually i ran through it in my head so i could have found somewhere at the airport to mail it just mail or, you know yeah. mail it to you which would have been hard because you know how i travel i got to the airport with just enough time to get right. to my gate or you could have run them by someplace in the airport and then let me know who you gave them to and me immediately I, go get in an uber I, and go to the airport I could have done that what i did think about was calling an uber and saying it was for someone else right and then when the Uber gets there, handing them the keys and say, hey, I'll tip yep. you 40% if you take this to right. Scott Howell. Um, or the most likely scenario would have been leaving them at my house, telling Shelby the next day to go get them, giving her the code to my house, and having her overnight them Let to me. Ask you this That's question. probably the most likely Let of me the ask three. You this question. You yes. get to the airport. 
my rental car keys are in your pocket. Mm-hmm. You've got you you're you're kind of jammed on time. You got to get going. What would have happened if you would have called an Uber from the airport mm-hmm. to come pick you up at the airport, but instead of them picking you up to take you back down to the hotel where I was at, you just handed them the That's keys and said, yeah. Here are these keys. Instead of taking me to that place, take these keys to I that place. I think it depends on the. I think it depends on the Uber driver. Yeah, I don't know that they can do that. But they're getting paid. Yeah, right, right. So I think probably what would have happened is I would have called you and said, "Hey, we got two options. I can leave these keys for Shelby at my house and overnight them to you, or I can Uber them to you, or I can hide them in this plant in the front of the airport and have you come pick them up, take, send you on a scavenger." I thought about hunt. that. Just throw them in a plant. And that say would have been the this- most Scott Howell thing ever. To, your rental car keys go off. Bradley, we got a lot to talk about yeah. today. I got a lot I want to talk about today. I got a lot on my heart. But before we get started, you had something on your heart that every insurance agent in America at one time or another has gotten into an online yeah. debate with other agents about concerning yeah. calling late pays. Yeah. So there's this great age old debate. You know, if you go into IOA or Insurance Soup or any of the the umpteen thousand Facebook groups online and you say, Hey, you guys should call your late pays satellite dishes. will start linking up in outer space and computer banks at NASA will kick on. It is such an age old debate. And and I do think, and this, this is a little harsh. I do think a lot of agents don't call late pays either a out of, and and by call, I mean, contact doesn't have to be a phone call. And by the way, the age-old dilemma has always been the argument that has satellites linking up because the bandwidth has to expand on the internet over the debate is either you got to get in touch with all of them or don't get in touch with any of them. Yeah. So here's the thing. So, and that is true. Yeah. It's, you you do have to be consistent when you do it. My argument is, is that it is an ENO exposure and you still should do it. That's my argument. I'll tell y'all that from the beginning. I think that... I think that a lot of agents don't do it either out of lack of processes, a little bit of laziness, or just they might not care. Okay. We're not your babysitter, right? Right. And the argument I always make to the agent that says that they are not going to do it is, okay, you've got a $250,000 account that you know the people want to renew with you. It's the day of renewal or the day before renewal or the day after renewal and you haven't got a payment. Are you telling me you're not going to call? There is no one that wants to be successful that's not going to make that call. Okay. So you're telling me you're going to sit there and twiddle your thumbs. And you guys stick with me. I'm going somewhere with this. You're going to twiddle your thumbs when you're going to say, no, I'm not, I'm not out of principle. Right. Okay. And the argument is, okay, it's an ENO exposure because if you call that person and then you don't call another time and then the same thing happens and it lapses, that could fall on you. Okay. And several things have to go wrong Mm -hmm. for that to happen. Right. You have to not call. It has to lapse and there has to be a claim. Right. Right. And the customer has to lawyer up. Right. Right. So you're telling me if that's the case, okay, if that's an ENO exposure, are you telling me that sitting at a deposition table mm-hmm. and the other party's attorney looking at you from across the table about the distance part we are now and saying, so you mean to tell me, Mr. Howell, you knew this policy was going to lapse and you did nothing? You're telling me that's a better that that has a less likely chance of happening. Right. To me, that's equally as bad. Right. You're not doing your due diligence. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's that. But the other thing is, 
regardless of the account and people always, when I make this point, they say, Oh, well, we don't babysit people. And Bradley, you're all about all automation and AI and all this technology stuff, but you're saying we need to devote man hours to babysitting our customers. That's not what I'm saying. I, th I think you should have processes in place right. to where it does happen in an automated fashion. You right. take some of the risk out. You know, we contact our late pays, but and a lot also, of it's and by, by, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt no, you, but, but by automating this, process i think it would going back to your example of the deposition where there might be the possibility of some lawyer saying something about discrimination well if it is automated and let's say something somehow some way they don't get it's going to be a lot harder for them to say oh you purposefully discriminated against that person. No, this is set up on automation. Right. Maybe the email went to the wrong email address, but it wasn't some kind of right. purposeful discrimination thing that we did. Right. And I think you should set your agency up, no cash, EFT or pay in full. You eliminate a lot of late pays that way. Right. right? And, and a lot of the carriers do the communications too for you, so you don't have to. But then you should have automations in place so that it should contact that customer if something was not, a payment was not made. But here's the thing. So I've got some statistics for you. So I ran a poll, okay, in the largest Facebook group on the internet of insurance agents. There's 50 something thousand agents in that group. Okay. I ran a poll and I asked who here calls your late pays. Mm -hmm. Okay. How many agents in this group? Over 50,000. All right. And to give context, okay, there's 35,000 independent agencies in the country. Correct. Okay, 35,000 independent agencies. According to Google, there's 9,000 Allstate agents, 48,000 Farmers agents, which is absurd. How many Allstate? 9,000, 48,000 Farmers, 19,000 State Farm agents, 3,000 AmFam agents for a total of 79,000 captive agents. Let's round that up to 100,000 because there's some I'm probably forgetting. And then 3,000 indies. So we got 130,000 insurance agencies in the country, give or take roughly, mm -hmm. based on this math. Okay. So a group of 50,000 agents is pretty representative of the industry. Right. That's, that's, you know, that yeah. you're going to get a good sample size yeah. that generally reflects what the opinion is of the rest of the industry. So I said, doing a poll for a piece of content, does your agency call, text, automate, notify, late pays? Care to guess? What percentage said yes? They, well, do, look, they do call. That they do notify. 50. 69%. So 69% of the 50,000 agents, the people that voted, said yes. Uh, and then I can't do head math. 48 or 30% said, no, excuse me. I, I, let me back up. Yes, yeah, 69% said yes. 30% said no. Okay. So... Large percentage that said yes, large percentage that said no. So then I followed that up with Scott with, we're, we're ending that debate. That's my point of doing right, this. Right. this. Yeah, we're, in, we're ending the debate of should you, no should more you notify no or not. Debate. All right. So then I asked, same group, right. who here has heard of a case where someone had an ENO claim for either notifying or not notifying? Right. And I'm not talking about. Because that's the whole, that's the whole basis. Right. right of the other side of the argument is if you decide to call on all your late pays or you do it automated or however you do it, yeah, there is a chance that you could be sued 
Yeah. If something were to happen and that policy expires and for some reason that person didn't get notified. So I asked who had knows of a case and right. I'm not talking about right. sisters, aunts, cousins, nephew yeah. once told me there was a farmer's agent that I'm talking about, you know, of concrete or it can yeah. be of one, you know, of, but you have to know for sure. It can't be a, Hey, one time thing. Right. Okay. Or, like or, I know of an agent that had an E and O because he forgot to add roadside assistance to a policy. That was real. I know of that. That's I, dumb, but I know of that. Yeah, he's, I think he's sitting across the table from. Oh, him, really? But, yeah. Oh, well, that, I was not referring to but you. But it was an agency support claim back when I was with Nationwide. So 10 or Nationwide years took ago. care of it. Yeah. All right. So I asked, "Who here knows of a case?" I'm going to read y'all some of the answers. In my 25th year, I've never heard of one. I actually acquired with. Or no, that's not important. Uh, going on my 29th year, never heard of one. In 21 years in the industry. Even living in the most litigious state in the country, obviously Florida, not even one. It's a myth. I would actually ask a few E&O carriers, blah, blah, blah. So we did Never, that. and I would still warn my customers. This is a great question. Never. Yes, sir. That's why we have different levels of authority. You're applying. You're going to call me every month about late payment. You get in the court, blah, blah, blah. That person thought they were answering it. Never heard of it. So literally nobody in this group of 50,000 agents has heard knew of a hardcore case. Okay. Now, I called. Yep. Take it a step further. My E&O agent. Yep. Take it a step further. And she's only been doing this since she's about 12 years old. The best E&O agent in the country. And I said, in your career, this is off the cuff just a second ago before it came on the air. In your career, do you know of a case where somebody's had an E&O claim because of this? And she immediately said, no, never. Never. Okay. So here's the thing. Just because something is an E&O exposure doesn't mean it's got a high likelihood of happening. Right. All right, here's the thing. All right, this is this is the point that I make. Okay, Scott, how big is your agency? Thirteen million. So you're about say a million and a half in revenue? A little over that. One point seven five, something right, one, in that range. Let's do one point seven. Okay. You what's your retention? Uh roughly. Eighty nine I'll call it eighty nine percent. Eighty nine. So let's pretend you guys don't notify your ladies. Okay. You take a hard stance and you're not like one of these it. crotchety people in yeah. the Facebook not group. Gonna, not not gonna, gonna do it. Yeah. All right. Let's say by calling your late pays, you can improve that by five percent. Well, that's a lot. That's a big all right. Bump. That is a big bump. But if you're not calling anybody and right. all of a sudden you're calling, right. That's eighty five thousand dollars in revenue. Okay. What's your E and O deductible? Twenty five hundred dollars. Twenty five hundred dollars. All right. So if you have an E and O claim, how much are you paying for your E and O? Six thousand. Six thousand. So it's probably going to go up to ten if you have a claim. So that's four thousand plus twenty five hundred, sixty five hundred. So if we take eighty five thousand divided by sixty five hundred, you would have to have thirteen <laughs> of those claims in order for the math to right. point towards. Right. And hey, that's eighty five thousand a year. Right. You're getting that every year. Right. The LTV of your customers, your average customer stays eight years. 85,000 times eight is $680,000. Right. So my point is to everybody out there that says you shouldn't call late pays, even though it's an E&O exposure, since it's an E&O exposure, is we're supposed to be in risk management. Part of managing risk is not avoiding risk. It's going with the thing that's least likely to happen and is the most beneficial for your customer. I'll never forget Zach Gould told me, he said, I don't care that it's E&O exposure. It's the right thing to do for the customer. 100%. So, so, so what you just said is you just exploded the argument that you shouldn't call your late pays because it's an E&O exposure. It is an E&O exposure, but you should still do it. 
So end all be all, if anybody out there is listening to this and they have an old crotchety agent or a young whippersnapper that thinks she knows everything or he knows everything, point them to the Insurance Guys podcast and play this for me. Let's just look at, and obviously I'm making a lot of assumptions in this, but I would rather have 85000 in revenue and have, and, and by the way, I forgot to mention the claim that we're talking about that could happen. Nobody knows of one happening ever, ever. Like, no, like. No, nobody knew of one, and the best E&O agent in the country had never heard of one. So to go back to your first example you gave, Bradley, and I have never agreed with you more than I agree with this, you know what my problem is? Let me tell you what my real – let me tell you what Scott Howells – Rand, I want you to listen to this. You know what my real problem is? I'm going to tell both of y'all what my real problem is. Everybody that's listening to this, I want you to hear this. My real problem is I genuinely believe this with all my heart with everything, with every fiber of my being. If you're if you're watching this right now or you're listening to this, my biggest problem is when one of my agents in my office, and it will happen today, there will be an agent in my office selling insurance policy to somebody. And at my core, in my heart, my belief is when one of my agents sells an insurance policy in my office, I some way, some way, how in my mind, in my spirit, and in my heart believe that the person they just sold that insurance policy to is genuinely now part of my family. I don't know if that's a problem. Here's where it becomes a problem as we speak to what you just said. If I got on our agency management system today for, for I protect insurance and I saw that my sister, who I love more than anything in this world, her auto policy was canceling tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Do you think I'm not going to call her exactly and ask her and tell her, hey, sis, do you know that auto policy you got? It's canceling tomorrow. You need mm-hmm. to make payment. Oh, my God, Scott. Thank you so much for reminding me. I and forgot. You do the same thing for a random customer. I'm going to do the same thing for the – I would do the same thing for the customer that my agent sells today. Yeah. So I'm almost forced to have to do that. But you're a 1,000% right. Mm-hmm. Yes, it may be some – point zero 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 one percent chance that maybe there might be an eno claim probably not more than likely we know that now right but i just feel like you do that it's the right thing to do man yeah it's well, the right thing to do here's the thing too all right eighty five thousand dollars you know five percent is eighty five thousand dollars right the deductible and the estimated increase was eighty five hundred we could cut that by ten and i think it still makes sense to do it can i ask a question that sure. every agent's listening to this is wondering right now sure including myself. Sure. So we've dispelled the myth. We right. finally dispelled the myth of the whole, don't do it because you might get an E&O claim that nobody's ever heard of before. Hey, and if you have one, you can you have a great story to tell and you 100%. can fuss about it online. Hell, we'll, I might put you on the podcast and let you tell it. We'd love to hear it. Although you'd probably be too scared to because you'd be afraid you'd say something that would cause another E&O claim. But, <laughs> yeah. Here's what every agent's asking. Now, more than ever, more of these agents listening to this are selling excess and surplus lines accounts from brokers that don't notify at all download and don't. Yeah, don't. And so if you're relying like you and I do, probably, I think we both have some form of this. I think my people get notified five times dirt, you know, up leading up to the day that their policy cancels. Most of that's coming from downloadable carriers most a lot of the times. But yep. how do you, Bradley, keep up with and notify 
late pays for non-downloadable policies? Yep, that's a great question. So I mentioned earlier at Portal, it's paying full EFT or we don't write you. Right. Okay, so we got, while we were on a podcast earlier, I got a lead for somebody tagged me in a post on Facebook for a new homeowners, our homeowners association that, that re, of course, they renew next week, right? right? And by the way, a lot of your carriers don't download. Most, a lot of, of, these, most of them don't. Yeah, yeah I, I would say only 25% of our carriers download. Right. So the, these people are paying $117,000. Let's say we write that account. So they're paying $117,000, okay? Mm -hmm. Paying full EFT, premium finance, mm -hmm. EFT. Mm-hmm. Or we don't write you. Right. Like we'll walk away from it. I don't want the headache. Right. And doing that at scale and having that hard stance eliminates a ton of the work. Okay. So somebody, Kalia Kramer, actually messaged me last night while I was waiting on you at, mm -hmm. at our the restaurant we ate at to uh and she asked me that exact same question. Mm -hmm. And it's it's depends on the billing type. Gotcha. Okay. Because, so what, because let's say somebody set up on EFT, but yet maybe tomorrow through uh they lost their billfold. Right. Scott found it, but, but, yeah. they had, but they had already canceled their checking account. Right. And now that EFT doesn't go through. Yeah. But they forget, the, oh, shit, that's tied to my so insurance. What, what happens, our, we have renewal pipelines. Right. Okay. And it's, it's just, it, it differs based on direct bill or agency bill. So we have a direct bill renewal pipeline and agency Zoom and a uh, agency bill pipeline mm -hmm. and agency Zoom. The direct bill pipeline is pretty streamlined. I won't go into that one. A lot of that's download you know, stuff yeah. that downloads the agency bills, a lot more steps at the process in, in the process where we are ready for a payment, mm -hmm. we move it to a payment pipeline. So both pipelines are separate. And this is and in the service side service of agency. Center and agencies. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, and it allows us to accurately work our renewals. So two separate pipelines, but then what we realized is once it gets to the, the point of needing payment, the process is the same. So to consolidate things, the accounts are split up by billing type. And then when it gets to the point of needing the payment, they go to a singular payment pipeline. Okay. And the steps in that payment pipeline are new mortgage pay, because we do have some agency mm -hmm. bill mortgage pay, mortgage pay, insured pay in full, EFT finance. Mm -hmm. And so depending on what sort of payment form it is in, it goes into that pipeline. So for example, you said new mortgage pay, EFT Pay in full. Pay in full. Premium finance. Okay. So depending on the billing type, it's going to get different automations. I'll okay. be completely honest with you. On the EFT part, the EFT pipeline, yeah. it doesn't notify them at all until it's past the due date. Right. If somebody's on EFT, yeah. we want, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like why, it's why, like you. Why forget, would you it's notify like, somebody? It's like you forgetting to take the trash out and you tell your wife, hey, did you see that I forgot to take the trash out? You're just asking for trouble. 100%. You know, so if, if I'm, if I'm set up and I'm good to go mm -hmm. and it's going to pull out of my account, I don't yeah. want my insurance agency to notify me on like the due date that it's due. Cause yeah. I'm like, dude, it's about to pull tonight. Right. I don't so want the, it to. So the due date, if it's still in that column yeah. after the, the due date is the renewal date. Yeah. If it's still in that column after that, it's going to hit them. Hey, Johnny, it looks like your payment didn't go right. through it. Right. Okay. So the pay in full, it does notify them, hey, your payment is due. Right. Here's the link to pay it via Ascend. Ascend is awesome. Yeah. And then, because they handle the back end too, it basically turns agency bill into direct bill. And then on the on the mortgagee pay. That, this one was the one I was interested so in. So on the mortgagee pay, if it's still in that column with so many days to go right. prior to renewal, 
it texts the customer and it says, Hey, Miss Johnson, yeah. it's Bradley at Portal Insurance. Just wanted to let you know, Bancorp South or Regions has not mm-hmm. made your payment yet. You may want to, this is normal because we all know most mortgage companies wait till the very last minute to pay it. Right. You may want to ping them and let them know, Hey, make sure it's in route. Right. Um, right. Most of the time when we get, when that one goes out, it's more of a CYA. Yeah. A lot of times it's, it does not hurt to also have the customer. And what we try to tell people if they get pissed off about that is we say, Hey, most uh, insurance agencies require the insured to do this whole process. Right. Like we're just notifying you when we really need you. Yeah. So we get on. A th- so that's mm-hmm. essentially how it goes based on billing type. I try to have as little unimportant communication in the renewal process as possible. Right. Insure, like, guys, you're at the bottom of the totem pole <laughs> in your client's mind of stuff they have to deal with that day. And the only way you are not is if they have to renew their driver's license that day, which this person whose wallet you found is going to have to do soon. So, yeah, people don't want to think about insurance unless they, they don't, have to think about it. They don't insurance. want you communicating with them unless it's important. So, we try to leave our renewal communications to only important stuff. Yeah. So, that's my spiel on that, guys. I would love your thoughts on it. If somebody has had a claim, I'd love for you to come on the podcast and talk about it. But let's let's you know put the hay down to where the goats can get to right. it, as my friend Scott Howell would say. Yeah. Yes, it is you know exposure. You should still do it. We are in risk management. Let's go with the thing that we should do. Not the, let's don't be scared. I hate when you know as insurance agents we are inherently adverse to risk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. Mm-hmm. Like we're taught to be risk adverse, right? but it's okay to take some chances. Like I hate when somebody posts in a Facebook group with a bunch of agents, Hey, here's this new marketing strategy. And somebody that's going to come out of the woodwork and name a less than 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% chance that could go wrong. Oh, well, what about this? You can't do that. Like that's why your freaking agency's not growing, Jerry. Right. You know? Well, I mean, if you've got a, Toyota Sienna finance to Toyota finance, would you rather them let you know the payment didn't go through or wait till you're about to go out to work Monday morning and the damn repo trucks pulled up to your driveway about to repo your damn Toyota? And by the way, in most states, especially in Alabama, especially, but in other states as well, I think most states, all of these states now have this money grab going on where – Oh, we see, because, you know, you don't let them know, and now the policy cancels, and it's been canceled for three days. They're mad. They go get their insurance somewhere else, and then two weeks later, the state of Alabama, we see that between the dates of October 24th and 25th, you didn't have insurance. That'll be a $250 fine unless you well, can provide proof. I'll tell you one. Now they're really pissed off. Customers have to take responsibility for some stuff, too. Right. So we had a customer. You're gonna love this. You're especially well. We had, we had a customer. Please don't say you won't believe this because I can promise. We you have that. no. You will believe it. We had a customer that bought a vehicle <laughs> and texted me uh, on the office line a, a purchase agreement, and I said, "Are we adding this?" And, and I happened to grab it. Mm-hmm. Are we adding this additionally? It was after hours. Are we adding this additionally, mm-hmm. or are we replacing? Mm-hmm. We are replacing. Cool. We did awesome. it. We processed it in five minutes. Sure. Ended up not buying the vehicle. <laughs> Guess what she did not do? Uh, she did not tell us. Tell, tell you that they kept their old vehicle and they didn't get the new one. 
Guess whose fault it is? And did they have a wreck now? No, 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 something? nothing like that. But well, it's, but they got worse. they got a two hundred dollar thing, and hey, you don't have insurance. Hundred percent. We were able to get it worked out, but I'm like, yeah. sweetheart, you got to let us know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you entered by buying trading that out. You entered into a contract with Safeco Insurance. Like, you, right. You got to let us know. Like, sure. it's, you know, at some point, you got to take personal responsibility for that. But. So anyway, guys, any other rumors you want to dispel? I mean, we'll tackle Bigfoot <laughs> next. We can talk about the moon landing. We can talk about whether the United States government knew about 9-11. What, whatever conspiracies y'all want to, we, yeah. will, we will debunk them on the Insurance Guys podcast. That's right. That's right. So I love here, that shirt you're wearing, by the way. Oh, thank you. Hey, guys, it's Bradley. Look, are you tired of spending endless hours searching for potential business prospects? Look no further. With Leo, you can gain access to a whopping 40 million businesses. That's 40 million prospects in just seconds. Say goodbye to painstaking searches and hello to efficiency. You guys know I'm all about efficiency. Leo just isn't about speed, though. It's about accuracy, too. With Leo's cutting-edge tools, you can validate new producers faster than ever before. No more wasted time on unreliable data. Leo's got you covered. But that's not all. Leo empowers you to carve your own niche market using unparalleled data insights. Want to target specific dates for workers' comp? Done. Need to identify brokers or carriers to focus on? Leo has your back. And here's the icing on the cake, guys. Leo lets you search prospects based on size, revenue, dates, violations, and more. The possibilities are literally endless. Step into a world of business possibilities with Leo. Revolutionize the way you connect, target, prospect, and succeed. Don't miss out. Join the Leo community today. Go to meetleo.com, and when you go to book a demo or reach out to them, put in the how did you hear about us field that you heard about them on the Insurance Guys podcast or IGP for short. You'll get 20% off. Talk to the folks at Leo. Highly recommend them. Thanks, guys. Well, hello there. Guys, excuse me for interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast, but I'm here today to get you out of aggregator and cluster jail. This may be the most important message I've ever delivered on the Insurance Guys podcast. Guys, are you a member of a cluster or an aggregator? Does your contract have exit fees, termination payments, buyback provisions? It's time to get your freedom back and do what we did here at iProtect Insurance. Join the AC, the future of aggregators in our industry. Best decision we've ever made, guys. Best decision we've ever made. No entry fees, small $200 a month membership fee, over 50-plus carriers for direct appointments, and by the way, new ones coming on board each and every month. You keep 100% of your commissions, profit sharing every year. Guys, we have made in the last two years each year, our agency has made over $100,000 in profit sharing. Here's the best part, guys. And this is the part I'm the most passionate about. No termination or exit fees. You give the AC 60 days notice and you're free. You go get direct appointments wherever you want. There's no buyback provisions, no exit clauses. Guys, if you're a member of another aggregator, and you have termination fees, buyback provisions, exit clauses, every single policy you write, you're digging that hole just a little bit deeper. And one day you're not going to be able to get out of it. It's going to be too much. You're going to be taking out a second mortgage on your home to try to get out of a cluster group. Unbelievable. Guys, go to acfree.org. That's acfree.org. 
org and register. Find out why over 650 agencies and $3 billion in premium have chosen the AC. And guys, here's the best part. But wait, there's more. Mention the Insurance Guys podcast when you talk to these guys and you get six months. That's six months of no membership fee just by mentioning the Insurance Guys podcast. Go today, www.acfree.org, and let me help you get your freedom back. Have a great day. So, so here's the next one. Now, we started this podcast sometime around July of 2017. Guys, I need you to listen. Turn the volume up. I'm going to ask Bradley a question today that is very pertinent to our industry and something that we kind of danced around and maybe talked a little bit about here and there. But before I do, I'm going to play this clip from Gary Vaynerchuk. This is a clip that just uh, hit TikTok not long ago. But listen to this, and then I want you to answer this don't realize that the shift is coming and the two or three things that they do well are starting to change right in front of their eyes and instead of being accountable and putting in more work to learn they're putting their head in the sand and saying fuck ai i don't care about tiktok i don't need this i've got this figured out good news for me i respect that you have to live your life if you decide to lose 20 to 50 percent of your business's revenue or your growth, that's on you. You're not my brother. You're not my mother. I actually don't give a shit if you listen to any of my advice. On the flip side, the last 20 years of my career has been very, very, very enjoyable. Okay. So here's what he's talking about, guys. And here's what I'm asking Bradley about today. In 2017, we started this podcast and we talked about social media and how every agent needed to be on here and blah, 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 blah. And people are not going to do business with you if they don't know who you are. So fast forward, however many years that is, I guess eight, what, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 22, seven years, seven years has gone by. Yeah. Here we are year of our Lord, October, 2023, about to be, about to be 2024. By the time this airs, it'll probably be 2024. If you're an insurance agent today, today, mm-hmm. Where are you going to seek attention for social media versus where we were when this podcast started in 2017? That was a long so the second time part ago. of the question. I don't even remember. Yeah. You know, he makes a good point that I say a lot when I speak and I stood on stage at soup live last year in Dallas, Texas. And, and that was before everybody knew the term embedded insurance. And right. my entire presentation was basically on embedded insurance and I think when technology comes in the industry and social media and AI or whatever it is, it's okay if you don't act on it, but where you get hurt, the agents that get hurt are the ones that put their fingers in their ears mm-hmm. and go, la, 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 la. I'm not paying attention to this. This right. is never going to affect me. Right. Those are the people that are going to get hurt the worst. Right. At the very least, you should pay attention to the things going on. Mm-hmm. In the tech world, I love looking at things going on in other industries because Mm -hmm. you can predict what's going to happen in the insurance industry. So I think the thing that I'm focusing most on, if I'm you guys listening to this, is just paying attention to what's going on with AI 
and with social media and with blockchain and with NFTs, which aren't going away, by the way. I mean, parametric there was there was a that parametric insurance. You know, we just you know we just signed the deal in our agency uh, with Solo, and now every single homeowner policy that we sell, we offer the client the parametric policy, which is only eighty eight dollars a year. Yeah. And the way we're doing it is, and we saved an account last week from State Farm because we said, hey, by the way, not only are you getting this homeowner policy through a standard blue blood carrier, mm -hmm. in addition to that, for $88 a year, you're also getting this parametric policy. Yeah. And it's it's a value add that we're giving and adding to and talking mm -hmm. to all of our existing customers about and our prospects about because we feel like there's not another a lot of insurance agencies in Alabama doing it. Here's here's so it's, where it's like a, it's like you're getting an endorsement for sure to yeah. your insurance policy. To use a Scott Howell saying, here's where the train runs off the tracks with parametric. In my opinion, the way parametric works is there is a a triggering event, correct, that causes that policy to pay out. Okay, here's the catch: that triggering event. Pay, it pay, the policy will pay out whether you have damage or not. Right. Okay. So a good example, a lot of one industry that buys parametric insurance is the car dealership industry, more mm -hmm. particularly new cars. And they will buy a parametric policy that's based on hail. Sure. And so it usually for those, the trigger is there's got to be a hail event within so many miles of this location. Right. Okay. So they have that for tornado. They have it for hurricane. If the wind blows so much between this, you know, this, this, uh, parallel and that parallel as far as latitude longitude goes, here's where it runs off the tracks for me right. is because you can get paid out, whether you have damage or not, right. The inverse of that is true too. Mm -hmm. You could have a, and I think you should sell it. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can have, we don't, we don't offer it down here because we don't really have her, uh, tornadoes down here, almost that we don't have hurricanes. You can have a situation where you have damage, mm -hmm. but the trigger was not hit. But then wouldn't that be where the, the homeowner policy kicks in? For sure. Yeah. But what's the customer going to say? Yeah. I bought this freak blankety blank policy and it didn't pay. And they're going to go to Facebook and it's going to, you know, so I think there needs to be a huge amount of education yep. to the consumer on yep. what parametric is. Yep. And to me, where somebody asked me in Nebraska a couple months ago, when uh, actually Caleb from Solo was there right. and he asked, he said, Hey, when do you think <clears throat> uh, parametric is going to be more mainstream? And I, I said, when the banks start accepting it as insurance, right? That's that right now. The issue is, so we had a, mm -hmm. a, a hotel client. We looked at a parametric policy for, but the bank wouldn't take it right. instead of when, but yeah, I think Scott just paying attention to that. I mean, I think that's awesome. You guys are well. We that. have so many tornadoes, and yeah, I, dude, and, I mean, and I have taught my agents to clearly educate the consumer that every time there's a possible tornado in North Alabama, which seems like it's every other week, the National Weather Service is going to do a survey of that site, just like they did at my house in April when we had an EF one. And they're going to create that report that's going to include that cone of damage. Yep. And if you your address is in the pin of that cone of damage, is that you're the getting a check. Okay, you're getting a check. And, and more than depending likely, depending on the size of the tornado, will depend on the size of the check. More than likely, too, if if the trigger does trigger, 
you're going to have damage. Sure. That's that's the, the one guy explained it to me. He's like, well, our trigger is if there's a 155-mile-an-hour wind at this parallel. And I said, okay, what if that happens and somebody doesn't have damage? He said, if there's a 150-mile-an-hour wind at this parallel and your customer's hotel is at this uh-huh. coordinate, they're going to have damage. Right. I was like, well, what happens if it's 154? Right. That's What's the difference between 154 mile an hour and 155? Right. But you're you're going to go out, oh, it's we can play golf today. Yeah. You know? So for $88, though, 88 bucks right, right, a year? Right, right. Are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. Are you I didn't realize me? it was that cheap. But I will also say this gets a little squirrelier, I think, but in the next six months, Sola is supposed to have a wind and hell parametric policy. Now that starts getting a little more you know, based on what tricky. report. Yeah, a little tricky. Because we all know we're going to have that. Yeah. That agent that's going to sell right. it as a win policy. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, going back to marketing. Yeah. Marketing. Where are we today versus when we started that podcast in 2017? I don't know that it's any one platform. I've always said you should be everywhere. Now, yeah. you should have one platform that's your main platform. I think now the name of the game is using the AI tools and the social media tools that are out there and available to you to take one piece of content and turn it into multiple pieces of content. What'd you call that yesterday? Content multiplication. Content multiplication. So what I'm doing, if I'm you, let's say you're good at video, right? I'm making a 60 second video on whatever it is you want to talk about. All right. I'm throwing that into YouTube as a YouTube video. I'm taking that YouTube video and I'm going to youtubetranscript.com, hitting a button. YouTube transcripts free. A lot of people don't realize that on the back end of YouTube, it actually transcribes most videos for you. Um, some companies turn it off, but I'm, I'm transcribing that video. I'm hitting one button. I'm copying it. I'm pasting that into chat GPT, which the most expensive version of is $20. And I'm saying, Hey, write me a blog post on this. Right. And then I'm saying, okay, now write me a Twitter thread. Okay. Now write me a LinkedIn post. Okay. Now write me a Facebook post. Right. And I'm taking that one piece of content and I'm putting it everywhere. Right. And I'm turning it into different forms and tweaking it a little bit. If I'm, if I'm not good at video and I'm not comfortable on camera, I'm taking and I'm, let's say I'm good at written word. I'm writing a blog on something using chat GPT to make the process way faster. And then I'm going into one of these AI tools that will create an AI video. Mm-hmm. And there's a hundred of them. You guys can Google and find them. I can't think of one off the top of my head. And I'm creating an AI video of an AI avatar delivering my spiel. Right. So I think now the name of the game, because there's so many tools out there is content multiplication. Back in the day, all it mattered is that you were trying. I think now it matters that you were in the most places you could possibly be. There's no reason to not take your videos, for example, and turn them into blogs and turn them into Twitter threads and turn them into Facebook posts and turn them into Instagram threads and all all that kind of stuff. So that to me, that's I think that's where we are now is it's much easier to create and much easier to be places. It's just a matter of you got to take the action and you got to be interesting enough. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. No doubt. You know, I mean, I'm using, I'm, I'm actually really bad at writing hooks. So writing like clickbaity titles that get yeah. people's attention and that sort of thing. Copyright. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm okay at writing copy. Mm-hmm. I'm bad at the hook. Right. So I'm actually using chat GPT and saying, hey, write me 10 hook examples for this video. Here's the transcript. And then I'll pick one that's the best and modify it a little bit. So right. that's, I think, where we are. Okay. You want to close this out? Let's do it. Hey, guys, you're listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. And as I close every episode, rewards come from action, not discussion. 
get your ass out from behind that desk today and go out into the big bad world make money for your family for your wife for your husband for your kids college fund for your parents and in-laws that are struggling out there today go make money for them write good business for the companies that you represent and write good business for the agencies that you represent bradley flowers i love you thanks man Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you, and it's because of each one of you that we keep doing it. You keep listening, we'll keep doing it. Take care. We love you. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.